everywhere in these parts, but they're nothing to worry about. The tourist seemed placated by his words, but I knew the trembling earth couldn't be a mere coincidence. It was clearly a warning from above, not designed to do any real damage, just to get our attention. And it had succeeded. Beth? Xavier faltered. What do we do now? I glanced at the Chevy parked across the street. It would only take us five minutes to get down to the water's edge where Father Mel was waiting for us in the chapel. I remembered visiting him along with Gabriel and Ivy when we first arrived in Venus Cove, and although it had never been openly discussed, he had known what we were. The look on his face had told us everything. I found myself thinking that if a man as pious as Father Mel had agreed to marry us, he must believe in our union. It was comforting to know we had at least one ally in our camp. I wrestled internally for a moment before catching sight of an elderly couple sitting on a wooden bench in the square. The man held his wife's hand cupped in his own and smiled to himself as the breeze ruffled his white hair while the sunshine warmed the back of his neck. I wondered how long they'd been together, how much of life's journey they'd shared. It was a glittering afternoon and the birches on the sidewalk twinkled in the sun. I watched a jogger go by, plugged into his iPod, and a little boy making faces at pedestrians through a car window. I may not have been born into this world, but I knew I had earned the right to be here. I was not about to relinquish that right so easily. I took Xavier's face in my hands. If I recall, you just asked me to marry you. He regarded me uncertainly for a moment, until understanding dawned. Then his face broke into a smile. He grabbed my hand with renewed fervor, and we dashed across to the waiting Chevy. In the back seat lay the academic caps and gowns we had abandoned earlier, but neither of us noticed them now. We didn't speak as Xavier stepped on the gas and the car sped off toward the shoreline. Any doubts we might have had evaporated. Come what may, we were sticking with our plan. St. Mark's was a bluestone chapel built by European colonists just after the Civil War. A wrought iron fence surrounded it and a cobbled path lined with bluebells led to its arched oak doors. It was the first Catholic church in the county, and a memorial wall lined the side garden, commemorating fallen Confederate soldiers. St. Mark's meant a lot to Xavier and his family. He'd taken Bible study there since he was a boy and performed in every Christmas pageant until he was old enough to be embarrassed by it. Father Mal knew each of the Woods' children personally. In just a few weeks, he was going to marry the eldest daughter, Claire. As her brother, Xavier would stand up as one of the groomsmen. As soon as we stepped through the arched doorway, the bustle of the outside world was completely obliterated. Her footsteps echoed on the red-veined marble of the chapel floor, and stone pillars towered to the domed ceiling above us. A statue of a crucified Christ dominated the nave. His crowned head bent, but his eyes turned heavenward. Mosaic portraits of martyred saints stared down at us from the ceiling. A muted gold light filled the chapel, gliding off the golden tabernacle that held the consecrated hosts. On the walls, paintings of the fourteen stations of the cross hung in heavy carved frames. The pews were polished redwood, and the smell of incense permeated the air.
The stained glass window above the altar depicted a golden-haired Gabriel, stern-faced and red-robed as he delivered his message to a bewildered kneeling Mary. It was strange seeing an artist's interpretation of my archangel brother. The real Gabriel was so beautiful and formidable that his likeness could never truly be captured. Still, the colors rippled, bringing the figures to life before our eyes. Xavier and I stopped at the entrance to dip our fingers in the font of holy water, crossing ourselves in tandem. A soft rustling of fabric preceded Father Mel's appearance. When he emerged, he was wearing full vestments that brushed the floor with a swishing sound when he walked down the carpeted steps to greet us. He was a balding man with twinkling eyes and didn't look surprised to see us. He embraced Xavier warmly and then folded my hand in his as if we were old acquaintances.